you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lulovich here. And Lucy Dickens. Welcome. And Harry. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> As Harry ages, he is getting a lot more vocals, which makes it kind of entertaining, hopefully, for all of you listening. <laughs> and he's now rolling from his back to his front, but he can't go back the other way and he gets stuck and will call out for help. So when he does that, I'll go and flip him over and then I'll be back. <laughs> oh, the things that we have to worry about and add to our mental load, Lucy. <laughs> many things. The mental load is one of our most downloaded episodes. It's coming in at seventh place out of what are we? This is 73. So it's doing quite well. Um, and that was episode number 18 with Joe's sister Katrina, who's my, our most regular guest, isn't she? She is. It's very handy to have a psych on the payroll. <laughs> So we created this podcast because we understand that most of you, because that's how we feel, um, you know, you've felt the burden of the mental load and it often unfortunately falls disproportionately on the mum in the family or the person who takes the primary role for, for caring for the child, even though we don't really like that way of describing mm. things. There's a recent report, which was the State of the World's Fathers report, and I really like the name of that. I don't know, it just has a ring to it, doesn't it? And we'll link it for you in the show notes. But that report found that the unpaid care gap between men and women had decreased by only seven minutes a day across 15 years. Mm. And one of the things that came out of that report, which I am so disappointed in, is that it showed that worldwide, both men and women agree that the household chores should be the woman's responsibility, <laughs> which I'm just like, what? Really? Why? Why should it be the woman's responsibility? We were talking about this a little bit before we pressed record, and then we decided to stop talking and just press record because we were talking about, and we'll get to this, whether we should thank our partners for doing jobs when you said, well, they need to wear the clothes too. Why should I thank them for washing it? So it's really interesting that the majority of both men and women think that women should be doing this stuff. I guess the good news is that 85% of the fathers in the research said that they would be willing to do anything um, to be involved in the early weeks and months of caring for their newborn or adopted child. And we're not sure whether the research goes beyond those early weeks and months. So, you know, it's hard to say whether or not they actually want to be involved afterwards. And and here, you know, when they say willing to do anything, do they mean willing to do anything in relation to the child or do they mean willing to do anything in relation to the home, including the household jobs? Yeah, don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> but more research needed, please. The report did highlight five areas that need to change in order for us to get to more equal caregiving. And two of those things were to help couples work better together and to put father's care more into action is what they say. Mm, and those two are the ones that, you know, really are something that we think we can do something about. So that's what we want to focus on today is sharing strategies around how you can get your partner more involved in the household and the caregiving. Because at the end of the day, if they're doing more, it means there's less on our mental load and we have more time to look after ourselves, which is super important. So we want to give you a bunch of strategies to think about what you might be able to imply in your own household. To get started, I think these conversations need to start before we have children. Once the kids are here, we might already be set in our ways. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that whole idea of needing to have that conversation before you actually decide to partner with someone because, you know, the number of times you hear from people that they've got together and everything's wonderful in their relationship but then they have kids and they haven't talked before at any stage about the way they want to parent and what they expect to happen because someone needs to look after the child, someone needs to look after the house and you kind of fall into natural roles when you're both working full time. But as soon as there's a child in the picture, everything gets thrown around and topsy-turvy. Yeah, it all changes, doesn't it? Jack and I did talk about how we would care for children well before we had children. And it was kind of a bit of a pipe dream because I think I didn't really think it was possible. We said we'd both work part-time and I kind of thought, yeah, that's what we say, but I wonder if that will really happen. And it is what ended up happening. But we'd had that conversation a lot of times, which helps. Although I say start before we have kids, but obviously we didn't have children, but the work we do around the house has changed completely since we had children. So I don't think you have to get into those roles or start doing those things. Things are going to change along the way, but the idea is to make sure you've had the conversation and you're at least aware of how you might tackle things when children come along. Definitely for my relationship, it was, we had some obvious roles. Evan looks after the cars. I have no interest in cars and motors and uh, much as he tries to convince me that I should otherwise. Um, (laughs) And he'll mow the lawns, you know, like those traditional kind of things. But we always shared the cooking and we always shared washing clothes and stuff. I tended to do most of the cleaning, but it wasn't just the whole house is mine, including everything in it and outside was his. It wasn't that old school. Yeah. But like you say, then once you have the kids, that might change yeah, because he might prefer to do the cooking. I don't know. And there's all the Just extra stuff different. that you have to yeah, do. all too. the extra stuff. So when we have children, when they come along, I think a really good way for fathers to get involved is to take paternity leave. Even just that two weeks dad and partner pay, if they're eligible, that the government offer. If they have two weeks at home, they'll get a very different picture of what home life looks like when someone's at home with a young child as opposed to just being there on the weekends or the evenings or outside of work hours. Yeah, because if they're there just on a weekend or for a couple of hours after work, they think they're fabulous because they take the baby off you for an hour while you go and wash dishes or (laughs) (laughs) cook the dinner. (laughs) You actually need them to experience you know, a full day plus, plus, plus to feel it building up, building up, building up the stresses that can come of doing the same things over and over again and having those moments when, you know, the babies aren't doing what you want them to do and you've got no idea what's wrong with them. Yeah. And a longer period of time gives more opportunity for people to see the things that you don't do every day, like the weekly food shopping or the we've run out of nappies again, or I don't know, or the little bits and pieces that aren't everyday things, but that are regular enough. Yeah, absolutely. And another idea is think about, like Lucy said earlier, flexible working. You don't have to be in that traditional role of, you know, mum being at home with baby and partner being full-time at work. It could be that that's the way it is for a while, but it could also be that you look at your partner and say to them, can you work flexibly? There's one of our previous guests, Sonia Kaysen, and her husband, They actually discussed the parental responsibilities and she said to her husband, why don't you apply for flexible working at work? So he did. And the best thing about it is that he downloaded our flex guide in order to make it happen, which I think is so great. And I was talking to Sonia the other day and she shared that her husband is now held up as the the poster boy for flexible working at his office, which I think is so cool. Maybe he should come tell us all about it on the the podcast. Sonia, ask him if he wants to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) So hand in hand with that is not to let the responsibility for childcare be all yours. Yeah. 
one of the things that we've raised a couple of times before on the podcast is this idea of cost of childcare. And a lot of families do this mathematical equation where they say, oh, well, if I return to work, I'm going to earn working part-time, I'm going to earn $20,000 for the year. Oh, the childcare cost is going to be $16,000 for the year. Well, that means I'm only going to earn $4,000. Is it really worth me going back to work Mm -hmm. by the time I pay tax, et cetera, et cetera. And we always have to sort of ask people to stop and think about it and say, well, hang on a minute. Why is that $16,000 coming out of your earnings and not equally out of your husband's or partner's and yours? Yeah, absolutely. And alongside the financial part is even just the arranging of the childcare. So you've decided that you're going to work. It shouldn't have to be all on you to go work out how who's going to look after the kids and how they're going to get there. And you do the drop off and pick up and all the other things that come along with it, like packing bags and lunches. And we're going to get to that in a second. But it's it's having that conversation and agreeing that it's not as simple as just leaving someone at a door at seven o'clock in the morning, whatever it might be, (laughs) and then picking them up again when it's all done. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. And everyone should experience that and know what it's all about. So that takes us to some very practical kind of ways around how you can share the responsibilities. And there's different ways of doing it. And I think that's the first thing that everyone needs to acknowledge. I loved the um, conversation there was in our Facebook group recently where people were sort of sharing the different ways that they share responsibility. And one of the ways that worked for, I think it was Sonia actually, she was sharing that in her family it's that they have different days. So on, for example, a Tuesday, it's her husband's day to be responsible for everything with the kids. And so when he's responsible, he's got all the jobs that have to happen in the morning, you know, packing the lunches, getting them dressed, getting them where they need to go. And all she has to do is think about herself and get herself to work. This made me smile because I can just picture her getting ready and walking out the door with chaos behind her (laughs) and just being like, yep, it's your chaos today. Off I go. Wouldn't that be lovely? I I just think that's so good. And this is something that my husband and I actually need to do because in the morning we tend to have more of a coordinated approach of we all know the things that need to be done and we just pick one and we just start doing it, whether it's yelling at the kids to get their (laughs) shoes on or, you know, or starting to pack the lunch boxes, whatever it is, we just kind of dive in Mm. and do something. Mm -hmm. But then other days we have the experience where, for example, my husband will say, well, I've got to be at work at eight o'clock today, or I planned, I planned to be at work at eight o'clock today. And I'm like, well, I've got to get places too. And hang on a minute. How can you just say that you've got to be out the door at eight and not help with all these things that you normally help with? Yeah, so more of a plan is helpful. I like the idea of different days. I guess it depends on the other things that are going on in the family, where else you have to be and the times and that kind of thing. But I think that I think that's one clever way of tackling it. Another way is to have different duties. So one person is always responsible for the cooking and the shopping and I don't know, that you can choose, can't you, whatever you like. And someone else mm. does the cleaning and the gardening or someone does drop off and someone does pick up or those kinds of arrangements. I like that idea. I think it works really well when someone does the drop off and someone else does the pick up because it means that it's really clear on who's got to be where for the kids. Mm. And that kind of flows into the activities as well. You know, do you do Saturday sports together or does somebody do that while somebody else goes off and does the food shopping for the week or, you know, however, just the fact that there's different ways to share it. And it might be that you share all those activities and duties on different days. So you can mix it all up. <laughs> you need a plan and a schedule to help you know what's going on. I think, I think having those clear responsibilities is really helpful. For example, my husband does the cooking at our house 
and he also does most of the shopping. So he knows before he comes home from work, he's thought about what we're going to have for dinner today and he gets it done. And I never have to think about what we have for dinner because he's always going to have done it. So we don't get to six o'clock and it's, oh, I thought you were doing dinner. Oh, I thought you were doing dinner. Um, (laughs) We don't. Sometimes dinner's not, we haven't done dinner, but (laughs) it's not because we don't know who's responsible. And so it's nice for me that I never have to think about that. And it's nice. It's probably not nice for him, but he does always have to Maybe it is nice for him. Maybe he doesn't like your cooking. Yeah, that's partly to do with it, apparently. So I'm told (laughs) after however many years of me being the primary chef in the family, apparently I'm now no good. So if that's the case, he can cook for himself, no problem. The things you learn after years together. Um, (laughs) The whole point of this, different ways of sharing responsibility, the thing is, as you said, if you don't actually talk about it and plan it out, then it doesn't work Mm -hmm. because you might have the idea in your mind, but they've got a different expectation and then all hell breaks loose as you, you know, as you try to stumble through your days and weeks. So talk about it. Mm -hmm. Decide what everybody needs to do. You know, what are all the things that you have to do? There's the cooking, the cleaning, the shopping, the drop-offs, the pickups, the activities. Like there is so many things. Just write a big list. And maybe even write the list over the course of a week because I can guarantee there'll be things that you do that you don't even think about that you will probably miss off of that list if you haven't really given it some proper time. So keep a piece of paper on the fridge or something and just keep note of all those activities. And also how long they take because I think we, we're very good at underestimating that too, thinking that yes. it only takes five minutes to make a school lunch, but actually by the time you've made the sandwiches and washed up the knives and the chopping board and whatever else you put in there or if you're fancy you might do... I say fancy. If you have more, if you care more than me, you might do, you know, cook little quiches or something lovely. And that stuff takes a lot of time. It does. Absolutely. And it's deceiving. The last thing you want to do is give one person all the jobs that get done once a month. And then you find yourself with all the things that get done daily. Like that's a bit unfair because you've you've got a lot more responsibilities. And there's also the things that you forget. So you might even want to do it over a longer period because there's the random stuff like notes that come home from school. You're still not at that school stage yet, but you get all these things that come home and there's the fact that those notes come home. And what do you do with them? You have to mark it on the calendar. Sometimes you have to fill in a permission slip. Sometimes you have to pay money and send it back to the school. Mm. And a lot of the times it's also emails from the school. Like in my house, I'm the only one that checks emails. My husband does it very, very rarely. So that all kind of falls to me. Yeah. Or the stuff that's even less often like insurance. And if you want to do it properly and go and compare because they hike up your prices each year, that kind of stuff. I think one of the good things about talking about it is not just that you you have clarity around who's responsible for what, but you get to actually talk about what you like doing and what you don't like doing. And you might find, I mean, I don't love folding washing, but my husband does. And so he'll happily fold all the washing and I'll go do something else. You can pick and choose the things that, well... You can share it around. Get some of the things that you like, right? Yeah. In terms of how to do this, I think that idea of having a big piece of paper and just writing things down as they as they occur and then writing some rough times next to them. Obviously, if you want to cook a gourmet meal, it's going to take a lot longer than, hey, you know, omelette on toast one day of the week, but, you know, it might average out. The other thing is 
someone in the group, in the Facebook group, was saying that they have a meeting with their partner every Saturday. I've also spoken to some other families where they have a family meeting and that obviously works as your children get older. Mm. But you can start to show them all the things that have to happen in the house and why it is that we make them empty the dishwasher to save ourselves 10 minutes because we've got so many other jobs that, that need doing. Yeah. And one thing that works for us, which I think I've spoken about before, which is really not that innovative, but it kind of was a big deal when we started doing it, which is really simple. And it's to put a calendar on the fridge and write in the calendar, the stuff that's going on. Because if I want to go out with my friends for breakfast and I tell Jack two weeks in advance, he's not going to remember that. But if it's on the calendar, everybody knows about it and it will happen. And the care for the children will just, it will just work out because we all know no one's forgotten. Yeah. And if you're on the calendar first, guess what? (laughs) You're on first. Lacey Filipich was a great one for calendars. And if you want to know what an awesome calendar looks like, you should go back and listen to that episode. And she shared it in the group. So I think it's in the files on the Jungle Community Facebook group because she shared it with everybody, which was lovely. Very helpful. So if you want that, join the group. The next thing we would like everyone to remember, and we have to remember (laughs) ourselves, is don't expect it to be perfect. Lucy just gave the example of folding washing and and I know that like if my husband takes the towels off the line he folds them in a different way to me and I could just put them in the cupboard sometimes I do other times I refold them but that's my choice and I have to remember that that is my choice if I want to refold them but he's already done a job and you just can't expect everyone to do everything the way you do it yeah we'd like them to but doesn't work that way does it I think that letting go once you do it with a few little things that aren't so important like folding towels you can gradually build up to other things that might be more important. And I have a very, very recent example of this, which is that uh, Jack's just bought a new car thing. I don't know what it is, Sue. <laughs> Case in point, for work, it's for his business. And normally if we were doing something like this, he got it on finance because it was for the business, I would be involved and I'd be making sure we got the best deal and I'd be making sure we got the best finance and we got the best car with the least number of Ks and blah, 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 blah. I didn't pay any attention. He was sending me all these screenshots of these cars and I just, my interest level was pretty low. And I said, you know what, if you want a car, just do it. Just get whatever you want to do. And he sorted out the finance and he asked me some for some tax bits that he wouldn't know where they were. And he just did it. And then he came home one day with this new car. And look, if I'd have been involved, we may have got a slightly better rate on finance. We may not have because he did actually shop around, which I was quite surprised about. And we may have got a different car, but I don't care. You know, I didn't spend any seconds of my precious little brain worrying about that. He did because he cared about it and it was important to him and he did it in the way that he wanted to do it. And it happened. It got done and it didn't need me to stress about it. Yeah. Case in Good point. job, Lucy. Well done. <laughs> I was very aware of it. I kept thinking to myself, hmm, should I just go and have a little look? And I was like, no, you will not go and have a little just look. Just leave it alone. Leave him alone. Yeah. He's a capable You've man. You've got other things on your mind. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Exactly right. like that baby you're juggling and I think part of this is also if they don't do it correctly it's letting it go in a nice way without whinging and having needing to have a whinge before you go oh all right it's fine you know that's not letting go that's having a whinge and being disgruntled and wishing things were different you really need to kind of get over that idea that you're the boss, as Katrina said. Exactly so, what I was going to say when you finished that sentence. Yeah. Just like Katrina said, who made us the boss? Why did we get to decide that towels should be folded in three, not two? <laughs> who says we're right? Maybe they should be folded in two. They shouldn't, but, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
we definitely both agree on that one. Um, as someone said in a, in a Facebook post, it was like the jobs that are 80 to 90% done are actually better than, than you having to do them. Yep. And eventually you might just come to be happy with it like that yeah. or at least not even be concerned about it. <laughs> and finally, the last thing is don't expect change to happen overnight. Yeah. Well, for one thing's change so often that what's working today might not work in two weeks time but also when you have been doing things a certain way for such a long time it does take a while to get into the groove of finding your new rhythm you've got to be careful don't you not to slip back so I think that if you are going to do things like planning out all the household tasks and assigning them to people you need to stick with it and I think particularly for us women, it's really easy to just step in if something's not done because we'll be like, well, we've got time right now. We can just step in and get that job done, but it's not your job anymore. So don't start doing it and then give your partner the expectation that you will do it because you're trying to get away from that. And I think sometimes we do things like that because we want it done now and we have to remember that it's not urgent. It doesn't have to be done right now. It can wait till they get around to it. And if they don't, then it's your cue to sort of say, well, hang on, you know, this is still outstanding and it should be done by now. And I think that's why having regular conversations is helpful because you can check in and you can adjust the expectations or you can swap roles or you can you can make changes, can't you, if you're having conversations on a regular basis. Yeah. So that's it from us in terms of some practical strategies and ways that you can get your partner more involved and relieve your mental load. There might be some of you who are listening to this thinking, oh, you know, my husband's really good. We do all of that sort of stuff. There was this great article that Katrina shared recently from the New York Times called What Good Husbands Get Away With or Good Dads Get Away With. I can't remember which one it was. And I think that resonated so much with me because it made me think about all those times I've sort of said, oh, you know, Evan's really good because he does X, Y, Z. And I think that we kind of fall into a bit of a trap sometimes, us as women, that They are doing some great things, but there's still room for improvement and we've got to remember that. Give them a chance. But I think we should say the same about ourselves. We always have room for improvement too. (laughs) Nah, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just talk about this last point before we go, which is whether we should say thank you to our partners when they do some of these things. I think I do say thank you, but maybe I don't. And then this was where our conversation was going when we decided to hit record. I think it depends on what the task is and who's normally responsible for it. So I'm not allowed to cook dinner, but I quite enjoy cooking dinner. So lately I've been cooking dinner before Jack gets home from work on the days when I'm home. So he can't tell me that my cooking's no good because dinner's already ready. And by the way, he's quite enjoyed it. And he's always said thank you to me for those things. And likewise, when he does things that, I don't know, I think we thank each other, not every time, but often enough. I think the idea behind the don't thank you is don't thank you for something that you shouldn't be doing anyway. Yeah. And I totally agree with that because then it's it's basically implying that it's your job and that they've done it for you because you've thanked them for it. I mean, there's, there's showing gratitude about the fact that you're equal partners and that you're sharing the load and there's that kind of stuff. And I think that's really important to acknowledge the efforts that you're both putting in. But I don't think we should thank for things that should be a reasonable expectation. But again, that's getting clear on whose jobs are what and when they need to be done. So tell us, do you thank your husband or your partner for all the things that they do in the home? 
<laughs> and you've had enough. I think that might, that must signal the end of the episode. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. And do you think that, you know, any of these tips and strategies we've given are perhaps things that you already use or things that you might try out? Let us know. Come and join our Facebook group. Um, we're going to have links to the Facebook group and to all the other episodes that we've mentioned in this episode. And we would love to hear from you. Why don't you even just send us an email? We love getting emails direct from people who can tell us what they liked and didn't like. So that's it from us. Lucy is dealing with Harry, who's um, decided he's just had enough. So we'll sign off and we'll see you all soon. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.